0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.
0: I'm ducking out, you're ducking out. Let's duck out together. See what it's all about.
2: Hi, and welcome to Dyking Out, a podcast with a title that sounds like we dissect the weekly Home Depot circular <laughs> and suss out what's a must buy versus a nice to have. I'm Carolyn Berger. <laughs> and I'm Sarah York. And today we'll be diking out on sexuality in the South. It's kind of like sex in the city, except everyone's a Charlotte. Uh, and joining us for this topic is writer and comedian Jordane Searles. Hey. Hi. Welcome uh jordane is also the creator of the feminist media criticism website fishnet cinema and is also the host and producer of a monthly comedy show madams of the universe and co-host of the bad romance podcast yes busy lady
3: yeah what is the bad romance podcast
1: um every week me and uh, bronwyn isaac
3: talk about a bad romantic film oh okay Mm -hmm. You don't just relive your favorite parts of Lady Gaga's bad romance video. (laughs) I would totally do that for
2: a years long podcast. (laughs) That's cool. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, it's real fun. I feel like
2: you can't run out of episodes on that one. No,
1: you really can't because, you know, even because there's also the Hallmark Channel. Yes. And there is the untapped christian romance market there are a lot of those
3: Ooh, I mean, those are, are very those fun are, to get into those are
1: very chased <laughs> no just, one ever
3: takes their clothes off so no. many sweaters I yeah
1: like, i, I imagine about, the shirts
3: cover like all the way down to the wrist like just a lot of past the watch no yeah. wrist exposure
2: <laughs> i just heard about that there exists a movie uh called christian mingle
1: Oh yes, I've seen Christian Mingle. I haven't seen
2: it. My friend saw it, and I'm like, I don't even know this is a thing. Christian Mingle, Christian oh. yeah, Mingle yeah, yeah.
1: is a movie where Lacey Chabert yeah. from <laughs> from <What>? Mean Girls. <laughs> Uh, Lacey Chabert pretends to be a Christian, uh, she goes on Christian Mingle, pretends to be a Christian because she's so tired, she needs to find a man so badly that she pretends to be Christian, and so that's the big thing. She finds, like, the perfect guy, but he doesn't know that she's a fake Christian.
3: Oh, my. (laughs) I thought Lindsay Lohan had the worst post-Mean Girls career. (laughs) No. I was wrong. Uh, Lacey
2: Chabert is in a lot of Hallmark movies, and in fact, this past weekend, so this episode is going to come out uh, after New Year's, Mm -hmm. but we're recording it before Christmas. In the meantime, I hope everyone had a nice holiday and Dyke the Halls in their uh, hometown. (laughs) Oh my
1: God, I want that on a
2: t-shirt.
1: Yeah.
2: Definitely. That needs to be on an ugly sweater, for sure. Dyke the Halls, ugly sweaters, (laughs) coming out. Next year we'll have a pop-up shop. Yeah, Yeah, next year we'll have (laughs) a pop-up shop. Uh, So this past weekend, my friend hosted uh, a little gathering where we played Hallmark movie bingo Mm -hmm. with all the different (laughs) tropes. And at first I thought we watched uh, A Christmas Prince and I thought I had a bum card, but then I won twice. Uh, (laughs) Because just when you think that all these Ugh. dumb things aren't gonna happen. They yeah. do, just one after another. Did you uh, see
3: Netflix tweeted about that movie? Uh no. The actual Netflix like Twitter account, or whoever manages the account, is hilarious. And they tweeted, to the 53 people who have repeatedly watched a Christmas Prince, who hurt you? <laughs> 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 I mean, I just I envision people at Netflix just sitting around looking at the data, like, whoa, why are the same 53 accounts? playing this Christmas prince They're, over and over. They are
1: all I, Zombie fans. Yeah. They yep. obviously yeah. really <laughs> wanted to see that zombie fall in love with the prince.
2: I know. I'm like, oh, I hope she's a zombie in this, but she's not. <laughs> so that would have been the only cool thing. Oh, so man. the movie starts out in <laughs> New York City, and then... Uh, she has to go and cover. She's a journalist and has to cover oh, yeah. this prince from um, this very small country? country that nobody's heard of. <laughs> that looks like it's in Germany, but everybody has a British accent and everybody's very white,
3: right? And
2: of course. so they they pack all the diversity into her New York City magazine office, right? Right, and then it disappears like, oh, as soon as she goes <laughs> to this country, oh, and it's so uh, yeah, all these. Basically, every Hallmark movie involves lying. Right. Like Like lying and then like like, the the apex is like figuring
3: out the lie. It's like, but I fell in love with you in spite of the lie. Yes. Yes. Everyone...
2: I tried watching a couple others, and it's like, oh, there was a mix-up in in resumes, and you thought I was this person, so I just went along with it. Right? Or
3: it's literally always about that, and it's always the woman who has some stupid lie. That or like she's a celebrity like
2: comes to town, and you <laughs> you pretend you don't even know who he is, and yeah. why aren't we making a ton of money know. just turning
3: out scripts for these movies and selling right? them to Netflix or Hallmark? We could. I, there's a market for that.
2: Yeah. Also, they're very hetero Uh yeah. Which is why Super I hetero. think
3: I've thought about it before. I was like, hmm, what if I just sacrifice all my artistic integrity and just churn out like the dumbest paint by numbers scripts, but they're all lesbian movies. Yes. Because those at least have an audience and I think and because all the, all the movies we have anyway are pretty bad. So like, <laughs> I
2: was going like, to say, I think imagine we kind of started bad. the Hallmark movies. The
3: L Word is bad. Like, it's all bad. We have nothing I, but I c- a bad body of work to go off
1: of. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen a few episodes of The L Word. That is all I could take. But I've also seen every episode of The American Queerest Folk, and I feel bad. Because I'm yeah. just like, why couldn't I stick through it for The L Word? But yeah. I've seen all of Queer Folk. I've heard Queer as Folk is pretty good, though. It, yeah, it's... It's a good time. Yeah. yeah. The lesbians in
3: it are really bad, though. I'm sure. Because yeah. they probably didn't have a single woman in the room writing. It's <laughs> like, ah, oh, this is what we assume lesbians they have, are like. They have
1: two lesbians, and they have one black girl, and that's really, like, that's it? everybody else is white dudes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the one black girl's just like, man, I just love being at the gay club. This is so fun. I love all my white friends.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Very God. Very realistic. That's That's great. what you're saying. Yeah. It's super... All the white women in the room were told to write what they know, and they sure did. (laughs) That's great. Well, the holidays mm -hmm. are almost upon us, and I'm already really sick of it. Yeah. And I can't take it anymore. And I just like anyone who thinks there's a war on Christmas has never been to Midtown Manhattan because it's everywhere. And I'm just like, you can't escape it. I don't. And every year I get caught up in like the consumerist kind of nightmare of it because Mm. now I'm just completely stressed out about like, Buying gifts for family and my friends and everything, and it just—I just want this to be over. January first is my favorite day of the entire year because it means it's the longest possible point before the next holiday season. And at what point are we all just going to agree to stop? <laughs> like, it's never—it's never, it's never going to end. My existence is a gift, and uh, right. I Don't really. <laughs> I'm just going to say that to everyone. I'm going to send them a card, and it's just a blank inside card. My existence is a gift. My presence is your present.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Ugh, yeah, I don't know. It stresses me
2: out so much. The, every year is kind of the same for me where I get – I really like Christmas. I like lights. I mm-hmm. like – uh, that like I don't really like the of bu- it. yeah, I like the pageantry. I don't like the buying of things and yeah. feeling obligated to buy things. So usually I'm just like, Yeah, it's Christmas and mm-hmm. then like three days before I'm like, Oh crap, there's all the yeah. stuff I need to do. I'm but kind of
3: panicking right now because there's a lot of things yeah. I haven't bought yet that depend on like shipping time and I'm like, Oh no.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I took care of that time. this year and I feel like online shopping has made things so much yeah. easier though than it, than it was in the past.
3: I don't know. Amazon's really focused on selling us an Alexa or a smart home thing. And I just, like, I don't know why they think that I want that. But that's all my advertisements. I've probably spoken about it in front of my phone, which we've already gone over. It's always listening
2: to you. Yes.
3: Ugh, whatever. I
1: hate Christmas Uh, I've always hated Christmas that's a general thing I hate it Um, did
2: your parents die at Christmas because that's a hallmark trope (laughs) (laughs) everyone who hates Christmas is because both their parents died at Christmas
1: my mom just became like an evil terrorist at christmas really every (laughs) christmas just just the worst person to be around just so stressed out just stresses everybody else out it's just it's the worst so i mean the only thing that i really liked doing was like lights of the south and i'm not in the south anymore Mm -hmm. so i can't Mm -hmm. go lights of the south is like you kind of like go on like this hayride and it's like you get to see all these like Christmas light, like, fixtures and things like that. Okay. And they And they give you, like, marshmallows, and you get to, like, be with your friends. But it's like, oh, that's in Georgia. I'm not there anymore. Yeah. So that was that one thing. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm I'm in full, like, holiday doldrums mode right now. So by the time this airs, it will be over,
2: which is great. Yeah. <sighs> uh. Well, at least one good thing happened uh, this week. This will give away what week we're recording Mm. this, but Doug Jones won the Alabama Senate race. Yes, he sure did. Yes, uh, he did. I didn't think it was going to happen. And this will kind of help us transition to our topic. But one thing I saw, I think it was the night before the election, was there was this uh, peanut farmer, Nathan Mm -hmm. Mathis,
3: I know this story, yeah. Yeah, he made
2: headlines. There was a short video of him protesting outside a Monday rally for Roy Moore, and it went viral. Um, He's 74 years old, and he wanted to protest because his daughter, Patty Sue, who was gay, Patty Sue died by suicide in 1995 at age 23. Mm -hmm. And he was mad that Roy Moore considers his daughter a pervert when Mm -hmm. he's, you know— Yeah, like cruising malls. Right. (laughs) For teenage girls. Literally
3: banned from the mall because he can't not show up at like gadzooks and creep out all the girls that are there.
2: When his wife first caught his eye When she was a teenager at a dance recital, what Roy Moore was doing at a dance recital when he was in his 30s and did not have kids and said dance recital. Oh, my God. I don't know. But that's when he first met his wife. Yeah. She's
3: got that real, like, twinkly look in her eye like she's not all. She's – I don't know what's going on with her. I mean – Did you see – are, is it true <laughs> that they're cousins? Did someone just make that up on Twitter, or is that real? I'm I'm so stressed out. Oh, by I them. didn't hear that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> that whole Roy Moore thing, I basically sat it out. Like I said, like a few things. I was just like,
3: yeah, it was kind of a lot.
1: It was it was a lot, and also I like. I know people like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, oh, yeah. I've encountered people like that. So I'm not, I wasn't surprised by him or that he almost won. Right. Well,
3: a, by a fairly razor thin margin at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, yes. it,
1: it really, I mean, if the, like the numbers, like I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be like black women saved the day, but black people kind
3: of did. Well, yeah, like, those numbers, oh, were, sure. those numbers <laughs> the were like, polls were pretty definitive on that. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah.
1: just like, good for them. I mean, there was, I'd really love to read some pieces on the voting initiative. Initiative in in Alabama that facilitated that, and I would love mm-hmm. for that voting initiative to just like spread out across the South, mm-hmm. yeah, so that we can fix things. Mm-hmm.
2: You know what what you're saying about not being surprised and and knowing people like that, even even the dad, because at first I saw this article or I saw the mm-hmm. video and I. Tweeted it with something like, Dad of the Year. And then I immediately took it down because then I continued reading. And he says, I said bad things to her because I'd been to church all my life and sat there many times and heard preachers preach against gay folks from the pulpit. He recalled, I told Patty that I'd rather my child was dead rather than have a gay child. I regret that I said that very much, but I did say that. Now, it is good, obviously, that he's kind of done a 360 on that and realizes... I guess a
3: 180.
2: But... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A 180. That is the the proper term. Uh, uh, yeah. He he did a 180 on yeah. that, and that's great. But it wasn't until after his daughter had died, and right. it took like losing it had to be that extreme to do that. So I mean, I
3: do hope that there are people that watch that that maybe thought for a split second that what you know that if they do have thoughts like that, that they would rather disown their child or have them be dead or gone or whatever could could Look at a guy like that and the kind of regret that he was feeling and learn from it. I, I yeah. hope that's what's happened. Hopefully, I yeah, I, I just and then he went on Ellen, like she gave him kind of a platform too. I did, I have not seen his clip from Ellen. I mean, it's good, it's good. I mean, I do like, not watch that show, so I do yeah. not know what goes on. <laughs> I watch clips here and there. I don't, I don't really sit down, I don't watch full episodes of anything, so I don't like, I don't know. I feel like the internet will provide the little two minute oh, yeah, blur yeah. Up that I need, but um. Uh, yeah, it's I'm it glad does suck speaking that it had out. to get to that point and it, yeah. is, it is nice that he that he did that. Yeah. Cuz you can tell, I mean, I watched the 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 clip uh, you know of him being interviewed by the local news or whatever it was and it it is pretty clear that he's like devastated from it. Um yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think that's an important message and ugh, that was a tense election. I was at I was at work the whole time and I chose to be so like I'm a bartender, and I can be either in the main bar or we have this little like side cafe bar, and I chose the side cafe one that night because then I could just refresh the iPad back there all night long. Oh man, <laughs> it's it's not very busy back there. It's like yeah. it comes, and goes in waves, so I'm able to like on a slow time, I you know got on the internet and refresh it, and it literally was like it was he Doug Jones was behind, and then at the very end, it was like it was like watching a like a triumphant sports movie and the big race at the end, when yeah. the underdog. Just ekes out and wins. And yeah. it was so, it was, ugh, it was awful. Also, BuzzFeed had the most up to date, like vote count and everything. BuzzFeed's journalistic arm, I think, doesn't get the credit they deserve. But anyway.
2: Uh, like yeah, they're the ones that came out with the PP dossier. Yeah.
3: The PP dossier, for sure. <laughs> I
1: saw Itania that night. I was like, I'm not going to stress myself out. And then I went to the theater and stressed myself oh. out in a completely different way because I'm not seeing that movie again. Really?
3: Never. Oh, never. oh it's not good? It, I haven't, it, no, I haven't no, read any reviews.
1: It's a good movie that I will never see again. Okay. That's how I yeah. feel about Itania. No, I'm good. Yeah.
3: movies like that, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> one time is all you need. Week. Yeah. Yeah. It was, was it it supposed was enough? to be like more. Is it like a funny movie at all, or is it it's
1: more a bit comedy, of a comedy? But it is a comedy with domestic abuse. Yeah, so, like yeah. it's like you're laughing, but you know, you're right? Terrible things are happening to you yeah. throughout the movie. Her yeah. mom,
2: her mom is just a monster, and it really makes you feel for everything. Her mom throws that a knife is.
1: at her in a scene. I really. Would, it's oh, a, is that who? Um,
3: she's played Allison by Alison
2: Al- yeah. Janney. Alison yeah.
3: Awesome. Janney
1: throws a knife into her arm. <laughs> Spoilers for I Tanya. a knife. <laughs> A knife! Wow. I was standing. I was like, I need to leave the theater. Yeah, but oh, I, that's rough. <laughs> it, it was. It was. I a have lot. heard
3: the acting is good throughout. It's but it's
1: very good.
3: Maybe I'll see it. I I'm I don't know that I'll. Go to, I don't know. I don't think I'll go to the theater. But speaking of quickly, we need an update. Did you get your movie pass? Oh, I got my movie pass.
2: Okay, that it was came. The whole thing. <laughs> I know. I know. It came within a week. I was shocked. I yeah. was shocked. Uh, and I get. I, might a use month it later for today. mine to
1: come in. So wow. Oh yeah. no
2: no no! Mine originally did <laughs> not come for steal. over two months, and then I canceled, <laughs> and it was like this whole battle with customer service because they refused to acknowledge that uh, that it just like. Got lost in the process, mm-hmm. and yeah. they wouldn't just send me a new card. Instead, they just kept telling me it'll come in five days, but like told me that ten times, and yeah, then yeah, you got uh, you got gaslit
3: pretty bad, yeah, by,
2: by. yeah. And I I know I like I've I've never had a You're serious like, relationship this. with a man, but now I think I know what it must be right, like. Right, right. <laughs> two months I was engaged with with MoviePass. Uh, and but then I came, I crawled back, I crawled All back. I'm right. like, there's I'm too many did, movies. Though. You got it. That I want to see, and that might start tonight. Um, so, Jordan, you mentioned that you are from Georgia. I am from Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. All right. Cool. I lived in Atlanta for almost seven years,
1: hmm. so
2: I experienced. Uh, yeah, not quite I, n- I know the nothing, south. nothing
3: of that world. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's is Augusta different. relative to Atlanta? Is it's Augusta- two, and two and a half hours, hours yeah. away. Okay. Ag-
1: Augusta is on the border of Georgia and South Carolina. Look okay. at that little like corner area. So, like. It's, it's very close to South Carolina.
2: Okay. It's a very different world. So when you're in Atlanta, there's um, a highway that kind of loops around mm-hmm. the city. And then when you go outside of the perimeter, uh, then you're in Georgia. Okay. When you're in Atlanta, <laughs> yeah. you're kind of yeah. isolated in this yeah. cool metropolitan city that's pretty diverse and uh, – You know, it's kind of the gay Mecca of the South, I would say, whenever it was Pride. People would come from Alabama, from Tennessee, from Florida, from South Carolina, uh, because it's the biggest Pride in the South, and um, other than maybe New Orleans, but Mm -hmm. that's like a different world. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So but. were you like born and raised there in
3: Augusta? Yes, or? I was. All right. Um
1: but I but my uh, on my mother's side I'm Jamaican and I was raised by the Jamaican side, so that's why I don't have an accent. And okay. I don't have a Jamaican accent either. I just kind of sound like this.
2: <laughs> ah, and Jamaica's pretty homophobic. Yes. Yeah. Still, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: West West Indian culture is 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 pretty homophobic. I mean, I could be I could be wrong about that. Somebody somebody from like Trinidad or something can correct me. But as far as I know, it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I mean, you know, every once in a while we get like a you know an icon like Grace Jones or something. But like yeah. otherwise, no. because mm-hmm. Grace Jones is from Jamaica, so I get to be proud of that.
2: But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it talking about sexuality in the South. I mean, when um. It, and and I think it differs from the the midwest because mm-hmm. the um religion aspect and bible belt mm-hmm. aspect i think is a little bit more yeah would the you midwest say? is
3: is not as um it's not as like overtly kind of evangelical at least amongst like i don't know like i'm I'm from Omaha Nebraska, which is kind of the only like city i guess you could say in the whole state other than lincoln which is sort of a city it's the capital whatever but the rest of it is extremely you know rural not densely populated at all and then i lived in kansas city missouri for a while which kansas city kind of like the what you said about atlanta how it's sort of like a once you leave it then you're then you're in georgia the mm-hmm. kansas city missouri is like kind of the same it's a it's a more sort of metropolitan area and then once you leave it you are very well aware that you're in missouri i mean it's like The minute you leave Kansas City and you go on I-70, you get like the... Fire and brimstone billboards and the anti-abortion blah blah blah. Like all
1: yeah. that Missouri sort of is rudder. on my list of places not to go. Yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah. along it, with Mississippi. Yeah,
2: that, I think those are. That's a well, safe that, bet. Doesn't <laughs> the NAACP have like a travel advisory against for the state black of people going to Missouri? Yeah,
1: just yeah. I, I, I've, I've never a felt no. a desire to
3: <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, just don't. Just <laughs> don't go. Their official memorandum: just don't.
2: <laughs> so when you grow up in the the Northeast or the West Coast and other uh-huh. parts of the country, you know. You might see gay couples in the wild. You yeah. you uh, are exposed to a lot more uh, diversity, and I, I mean, from uh, and Jordan, I want to hear about your experience. But it's kind of like in the South. It's almost like those things are um, treated as if they're they're not real, mm-hmm. and they try to like protect kids. from ev- even Learning that being but like, queer or right. gay or trans is is, is even an all. option, which is a little yeah. bit harder with with the internet and yeah. the more inclusive media now. Yeah. But uh, what what was your your journey to kind of um, arriving, I guess, at, at your sexuality of being a queer woman,
1: Degrassi? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank yeah. you, Canada. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh no, I think Canada <laughs> for. Canadian television has had the most positive effect on me ever. Like having to get, having to like kind of get over that and be like, oh yeah, American TV kind of like becoming an adult Mm -hmm. (laughs) and having to be like, okay, well I can start watching Mad Men now. But like (laughs) I was definitely (laughs) shaped, my sexuality was shaped almost entirely by Canadian television just because it didn't really have a lot of the same hangups that Mm -hmm. American television did. And it also wasn't afraid to have, People of other colors in main cast, mm-hmm. yeah, in a way that like America is still catching up to, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. for example, like if you look at like the cast of Runaways, like that cast is considered to be like a diverse, you know, Marvel show cast. That cast is just as diverse as Degrassi was in the 1980s, yeah. <laughs> Degrassi yeah. was already doing it, oh, cool. Um, but yeah, I. Found out what gay was specifically from Degrassi, Degrassi, and a little Will and Grace, but Degrassi actually taught me more than Will and Grace did. Will and Grace had a lot of jokes, but not like a lot of information. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, my brother and I watched it growing up. Um. Because I'm I'm pansexual. My brother is actually I'm female to male trans, and like, uh, we and so we both kind of had like our awakening by watching Degrassi. And I remember my mom had a boyfriend who saw that we were watching Degrassi and saw that gay people were on it and, like, tried to get us to stop watching it. And we were just basically just like, no, we're already – are we, we're already, we've already been exposed yeah. to it. Like, we don't <laughs>
3: – We're already <laughs> <there's>, all in. <laughs> you, you can't – yeah. So yeah. we were just
1: like, no, that's it's nice that you're trying to set rules, but we don't care.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Did you in- encounter any specific – like, when, at what point in your life did you sort of, like – I don't know if come out as the right term, but were you still in high school or like teenage years or? Um,
1: not really until, not really until college. Well, cause like my brother kind of like was like way speeding past me for that. Mm-hmm. Like he transitioned, he started transitioning like in high school and he's like two years younger than me. And so I kind wow. of watched that happen, uh-huh. um, in real time. And I realized that I was pansexual Probably in middle school, but didn't really register to me until I kind of saw my until I saw my brother transition and until I saw him kind of like in like the the little like secret queer communities around like like a. High school band, uh-huh. high school band was a little queer pocket, oh sure, yeah. and stuff like that. So like I saw that happen, but I also thought, oh no, it's. I thought I'm just trying to be cool like my brother. My brother's super cool. Maybe I'm just full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and he also just kind of thought like, whatever, like you. Like, you know, the kind of the way that people are like with like bisexuals. And I mean, pansexuals almost the, basically the same thing where people are just like, uh, yeah, yeah. You just kind of think that it's cute. Like he kind of thought right. that about me. And yeah. until I like slept with a woman, I kind of felt that I was full of shit, too. And then I, <laughs> <laughs> and then I did it. And I was like, oh, no, but this is great.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was his reception? What like what was his ex- not to like if if you don't want to speak on his behalf, that's OK. But like what's what was like the the reaction in the southern guess, high a, school to be southern,
2: transitioning yeah. Yeah.
1: um well people just mostly thought he was weird and then they thought that he was a dyke because basically it was like a I remember I saw Laverne Cox came to University of Georgia in Athens and I like watched her speak and she kind of talked about her transitioning process. I mean, Laverne Cox kind of like comes from money and kind of privilege. So it was a little bit easier for her from uh-huh. my sure. experience, just like the way that she talked about it. But she talked about being androgynous for a long period of time. And like that's what happened with my brother. He he had like... He had, like, long, like, kind of, like, beautiful hair that I was, like, really jealous of. And he just, like, shaved it all off. And then he got, like, a mohawk. And then he, like, dyed the middle of it red. Uh And then he, like, gave me all of his, like, lady clothes, like, his skirts and stuff. And I was just like, hey, what's going on? Like, And and he was just like, I'm not going to wear these anymore. And you're going to want them. Yeah. Like, so, I just, just, like, watching it happen in real time. Like, people just... Like, almost to the end, they were just like, oh, he's kind of, he's oh, he's just gay. Yeah. He's just, like, a gay woman. And then he, like, started, like, he had to, you can't really find a gender therapist in Augusta, Georgia. So what he used to do (laughs) is drive, he used to, like, drive to Atlanta to see someone, like, all the time. So he would, like, be driving back and forth to Atlanta to go see someone. And then finally, when that was over and he got, like, the hormones and stuff, and like he started growing a beard, and it was kind of like you can't really ignore it anymore. Yeah, yeah. After that, so okay. Uh,
3: wow.
1: My mom still refers to him as she, though. Oh, so yeah, she has not accepted it. I'm I'm the oldest of five, right? And so my mom likes the idea of saying I have five girls, and she can't say <laughs> that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like it hurts her that she can't say I have five girls, but it's also just like both of us were like big disappointments like even not just like the queer thing because I my mom is very comfortable with the fact that I'm with men a lot like she thinks that that's um an indication that I am full of shit and that I'm not (laughs) really into anyone else. Not, I mean, not to mention the fact that I've had a lot of emotional relationships with women that just did not go anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I'm not posting about on Facebook. Sure. (laughs) So it's just like a weird thing. It just happened. It's just kind of, well, I mean, it's also like a, like a, like a cultural thing, but, 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 it's weird to like have to it to have like because first it was just like the two of us because our sisters are much younger to have two kids and like one turns out trans and then one turns out pansexual and they both date white people and my mom's just like can you just <laughs> can we just get one thing like <laughs> oh man you're also you're because because I remember my mom's like biggest disappointment with me was that she figured out that I was dating white people and she was just like why yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that's already just like a weird thing but there's also just um the culture is really strange in the south in the sense that like when you are a pansexual or bisexual person a lot of us kind of end up with men anyway because we're not dating each other Mm -hmm. yeah for some reason we're just like terrified of each other and we're just like dating dudes and i notice this happen all the time where i would know bisexual women and it's just like oh we could date but no i gotta date jeff Jeff, yeah. Seems like
2: a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, we we've talked about this on the podcast before too. Uh, that it, I mean, I think it was something like eighty seven percent or even higher of mm-hmm. people who um, identify as bisexual specifically uh, end up with someone of the opposite mm-hmm. sex. But a lot of that is kind of a, a numbers game. That it's kind of just a lot easier to find somebody <laughs> of the opposite sex to be in a yeah. relationship with. Yeah. It it's, is your it, dating pool. Is even so much on like shallow. dating websites and and things like that, there's yeah, just like a higher probability. Yeah, just yeah. numbers alone.
1: And I mean, I, I mean, and I had and I've had countless experiences with lesbians where they're just like, you date men, and I don't, I don't really trust that you're gonna stick around, and I don't know if I want to make this gamble. Yeah, <laughs> mm. and it, I don't know how to. I don't know how to really like address that prejudice, really, because I don't know.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's I don't kinda, know where that that's comes. That's their from. own prejudice, though. You know, yeah. Like, that's hard to. It is hard to address because it's like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm not gonna like. Do you want me to like prove pr- to like represent all bisexual women and like prove you wrong here? Yeah, it reminds me a kind lot of like an onus that's like a little unfair.
1: Yeah, I mean, have you seen the movie Bound? It's one of my favorite movies. Uh-uh. Yes. Um, yeah, like. Uh, it's, it's a Wachowski sister's joint, but like, it's like, it's their first movie. It's my favorite movie that they've ever done. I prefer it over all of their other movies. Um, and it's just like the, the relationship with, um, Corky and Violet where it's like Corky's like this, like really like masculine lesbian. Like she's got like the labress, like, like tattooed right Mm -hmm. here. And she's like, she fixes things and stuff. And like Mm -hmm. Violet's like like femme and like with a man and like a lot of like how they butt heads is that Corky's just like like who are you are you really one of us if you're mm-hmm. with like him and it and her sh- and it's Violet just being like I know what I want and I know who I am and me mm-hmm. being with a man doesn't really change that and I yeah. really appreciate that conversation if somebody should write some like in-depth analysis on that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cuz Cause yeah, that's kind of what it's like.
3: I just googled that movie quickly, and had I known there was a Jennifer Tilly Gina Gershon movie out there, I would absolutely have seen it. Oh yeah, yeah. and they have yeah. they have hot, I saw it so they have long hot ago. sex.
1: Really? Like yeah. I really enjoyed the sex. Scene. Oh my god, yeah. I'm
3: going to watch that. Please do. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. I'm yeah, yeah. Recommendation. Extremely years informative. That, that I watched that, but yeah, and like '90s good. Gina Gershon too. Like oh, she yeah. has ripped okay. arms and like she's yes. such oh, a babe. Man, watching her fix things that was super hot and she like and she like drives a truck oh man it's great yeah that might be the absolute most that's like the the thesis of our entire podcast you've just like said in one sentence like watching her fix things she drives a truck I love it (laughs) that's so
1: great I know it's I know it's like like stereotypical but also Mm -hmm. it's hot Mm -hmm. it's just
2: hot you know I'm gonna say the first time I ever really felt hot in my life was the summer that I drove a pickup truck I didn't know you had a summer where you drove a pickup truck. I did. I had a summer where I – it was between college, so I didn't have my own car, and Mm -hmm. I was borrowing uh, somebody else's car for the summer, and it just happened to be this Ford Ranger pickup truck. So it was like this small black pickup truck. I'm just riding around Buffalo as this, like, out lesbian pickup truck. I'm like (laughs) – I'm so hot right now. That's what I
1: always wanted. I always wanted to drive a truck. I'm I'm visually impaired, so I can't drive. Mm -hmm. But when I still thought, oh, I could figure out how to drive. The first thing I I wanted like a big black truck. I wanted it so badly. Yeah, no, just that roar
3: of the engine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna let everyone know what I'm all about.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they're not that practical if you're not hauling
3: lumber. Yeah, (laughs)
2: and and other things. And if you only want to
3: ever have one other person in your vehicle. At a time, I guess. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Surprisingly, I didn't when I had to buy a car when I moved to Atlanta, I didn't buy a pickup truck. I should have. That
3: is surprising. (laughs) Um, I still think the gayest vehicle of all time is the Jeep Wrangler, which I still want. (laughs) I would love to have a Jeep Wrangler like top down, take the doors off. Like that's just a that is just a vehicle that screams like, I'm handy around the house, and also your your boyfriend's uncomfortable around me. Like that's (laughs) just that's
2: just what that is. I love it. Yeah, I still think Subaru.
3: Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Subaru is like when you settle down and like your. The Subaru is like the long term relationship vehicle. Yeah. Whereas a Jeep Wrangler is like you're kind of living out like your Shane, your Shane, you know, days. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
2: but I, I appreciate that Subaru has embraced the mm-hmm. uh, lesbian woman stereotype and they actually. Like, Do they make have commercials it, with lesbian couples now? I think – I saw something. Or at least they just, like, market on lesbian sites and stuff. Yeah, like, I am exposed to a lot of super <laughs> – ads, But I, I notice it more when I'm consuming uh, le- specifically lesbian okay. media or something. That makes
3: sense. Yeah. Right
2: on. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Back to the South. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Uh,
3: so how some, much does, like what, – what's the, like, the religious kind of aspect of this, of the homophobia in the South? Or, like – or at least – at the very least how people – Coexist with like, how do uh, gay people basically live there amongst all the religious
1: uh, stuff. mean, um, re- the religion really rolls deep. Um, one one thing that always that I always think about is um, uh, I went to Augusta University, so in Augusta, Georgia, yeah, um, and I was an honor student, right? So we were supposed to be like. The highest achievers of fucking whatever, whatever mm-hmm. university. So I had this honors speech class, which is kind of like our debate class. Mm-hmm. And uh, like our teacher was just like such a was like one of those like hippie, like white theater guys who is just like, oh, we're just going to do a topic and we're just going to debate. So like one class, we had a debate that was just about gay marriage. And it was the most uncomfortable experience (laughs) in my life because it is these people who I consider to be like intelligent, like high achieving, like my peers, Mm -hmm. uh, like arguing about Bible verses for what feels like an eternity. And every single time I rose my hand, I was just like... But what do Bible verses have to do with legislation, though? Right. Yeah. And everybody just stared blankly at me and just, like, went back to argue. It was the weird—I felt like the only sane person in the room. Yeah. Because it was just this crazy thing. Like, even the people that were arguing for gay marriage were just like, well, we're still, like, talking about the Bible. And it never occurred to anyone to just not talk about it because it actually doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just doesn't— and that's just kind of the way that people think. Like, and I remember one guy, this specifically like super, super religious guy in my class was just like, you know, I understand that people can't help being gay, but you know, if they were strong in their faith, they would try to fight against it and, you know, marry someone of the opposite sex and work really, really hard on their faith. And like that's how people think. Yeah. Well, like, Michelle Bachman's
2: <laughs> husband did it. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> and it's so it's it's so stressful because like, like i was i don't know why but con- like white christian people were constantly trying to save me for reasons like for weird reasons <laughs> just like, reasons <laughs> just reasons like I was just around and like I think they could tell that I was a troubled kid and I was like there were just there was always like trouble at home there was trouble with my mom there was trouble with like stuff so I mean I was a troubled kid but the way that people would always come at me about it mm-hmm. was just like trying to get me to come to the church and like I would go and mm-hmm. then like I would say hey I just I just was like I know some people on the organizing committee for Augusta, and we're going to finally have our own, like, little pride parade. Isn't that exciting? And I would just get, like, crickets. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, like, the people that are trying to save me aren't really interested in the things that I was interested in and the kind of things that I was fighting for. And so it kind of just made all of their, uh, made all of the, uh, the church outreach, like, really irritating. And they were really courting me. Like, I remember they invited me to, like, this, like, expensive church camp that, like, and I was the only black. Person there, and I guess they just assumed that I didn't have any money because every single time something (laughs) costs something, somebody else would pay for it. And and I was just like, and I just let them do it because I'm like, these white people are guilty. I mean, whatever, (laughs) I'm Um, here,
3: get what you can. Yeah, (laughs) but like, whenever
1: I would talk about anything, like I don't know, like sex or like queerness or like my brother or something, it was just crickets, Mm -hmm. like, just crick. like (laughs) it was so. And it's almost just like they just want to pretend like I didn't say it. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of like ignoring things that I'm saying directly to their faces. Right. Yeah,
3: yeah. I'm uh, sure that that is something that is exclusive to that like kind of highly religiously charged environment is is simply just ignoring something even if it's directly in front of your face talking about, you know, like ignoring the fact that gay people exist or ignoring any kind of struggle, ignore, ignoring their own impulses I'm sure a lot of people like – I, I imagine that the same, you know, those people that talk about, like, fighting, you know, using strengthening your faith to fight this, to fight your sexuality are the same people who get married and, and are, are in relationships that are inherently, like, dishonest to themselves and the other person. It's like mm-hmm. they think that, like, somehow marriage is, like, the the weapon they can use to, like, fight their own sexuality. And that's so sad to me that, like, Because of this religious presence, we have so I can't even imagine how many people are are in these relationships or just kind of tricking themselves or fighting something that they can't fight. It's an unwinnable fight.
2: Oh, there's got to be so many straight Mm -hmm. men on grinder in the south. Oh, there's so many. (laughs) I I
3: can't imagine. Yeah,
1: the south is kind (laughs) of characterized by people hiding Mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah, like I noticed that a lot with like with like the white people that I was dating. Like I dated a whole lot of white men in the South, like a record number considering. <laughs> and now that it is like, now like post Donald Trump, there are so many people that I would not have fucked. And there are so many people <laughs> I would not have spoken to <laughs> if yeah, we were yeah. in Trump's America. But I think, I think when Obama was around, I was super optimistic that I was just like, yeah, these people are full of shit, but like maybe they'll change. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they'll stop being homophobic. Maybe they'll stop being racist. I just need to stick around and see yeah. what's going to happen. And, I don't feel that way anymore. But yeah. um hiding, like in terms of like hiding your sexuality, hiding stuff like I went out with white guys who like very clearly did not want to anyone to know that they were with black people. But it's all about the hiding. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's all about this it it's all about doing what you're supposed to do supposed to do mm-hmm. in front of other people and not really it and not really like thinking about like pleasure. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares about. I was not taught to care about pleasure. Yeah. by anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was talking to my friend about it the other um, the other day because my mom, ugh, my mom is like. It's like very very rigid like she only dates men and she only dates black men and that's just what she does but my mom has had many many women in her life fall in love with her and every single time it happens she pretends like she has no idea what happened like mm-hmm. what what are they here for what <laughs> happened I don't understand like I remember sh- there was a woman that was in love with her that like got arrested and was like sending her letters from prison and my mom just would like look would like play dumb like oh why is she sending me a letter from prison girl
2: girl yeah <laughs> and she would write her back and spray her perfume yeah. on the envelope
1: I personally think that why my mom why is she mo- me <laughs> I personally think that my mom I just said this the other day so it's so silly now I'm saying this on a podcast I think that my mom has had sex with women and I think that she has loved it and I think she will go to her grave, not admitting yeah. it. Like, yeah. that is what I legitimately think. Because it's just like, how do you have so many lesbians that are just like in love with you? People don't just fall in love with people. Like this is not yeah. the movies, right? Like, you, <laughs> like they're your friends. What they yeah. fell in love with you because they like things about you and things about you that you won't show me. Right? So, yeah. Like, yeah, it's 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 weird. I think my mom secretly. <laughs> 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 you know?
3: like, a lot of new information on this podcast. Right? Yeah, that is, that is well, my I guess. Theory. We'll definitely find out if your mom ever listens to this. You'll find out very quickly. We'll like, get an if my email. mom, if my mom, just like on her deathbed, was just
1: like whispered, "I'm bisexual." I would, you know what? I think that that might be the step to mending our relationship. Yeah. Uh, I really do. That's
3: great.
0: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back.
2: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
0: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: So we talked about religion and the impact impact of that in the South, but mm-hmm. I, hand in hand with that is tradition. Mm-hmm. And I think tradition is so important in the South, and they, while well, they use tra- tradition as a way to slow and deny progress, right? So uh, yeah. So Confederate flesh. Tradition, <laughs> uh, tradition is such know, a trigger word that for anyone who oppressed. Yeah. Yeah. They'll uh, talk about history when their tradition is like a long tradition of racism yeah. and murder and yeah. horrible yeah. <laughs> bigotry and holding people back who weren't uh, white men mm-hmm. and keeping white women in their place. But there's a lot of like all the debutante stuff and... Yeah. Um, is that
3: still, is the whole debutante yes, thing yes. still a thing? Yes. yes. Oh, wow. I
1: was upset because my mom, so I had like the connections. I knew the right people to where I could have been a debutante, but my mom was just not interested. And I was angry at her about it for years. I really wanted to be a debutante. I was obsessed yeah?
3: with it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> what is it actually? I've never understood what it actually means. So you are. It's for teenage girls, right? It's like yeah, a
2: white quinceañera. It's like oh. it's like you're, you're it's like your <laughs> <a> quinceañera <laughs> with
3: terrible food.
2: Uh, well, I yeah, I mean
3: black black people do
1: it too, though. Well, black, yeah, black yeah, do people it do it separately from yes. white people. They don't yeah. do it really. To, they don't know. They don't do it together. Yeah. Um. I mean, sometimes, like, but like, it's. There's kind of like this, like understood, like division in the South, where it's like if you're going to be doing the things with the white people, you realize that (laughs) you're doing it with the white people, right? And you realize that the black people are over there doing it and judging you. (laughs) Yeah. So like there were like a little bit of mixing with the debutantes, but like it's not like that's not like a normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're you come out as a lady. That that's what it is. You're coming out as a lady. You're coming out of. Eligibility for Roy Moore, like yeah. male attention.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Roy Moore, you're now ripe for the picking. Yeah, right. Roy Moore's like eighteen. Ugh. Yeah, just spinster, right? Sixteen. I don't know how how old is a how old are you when you're a debutante? I I don't know. I remember
1: it. You first you do the thing called social, and then like after you do social, then you come out. And I don't remember what age that is. I think it's like sixteen.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty Mm. sure it's when you're sixteen. And I know I don't remember the details. uh, I mean, it's really boring. North Carolina. It seems um, like it's kind of one think of those they did it. I mean it's good if you're looking through like
1: social connections. Like for example, if I wanted to like make a lot of like fancy black connections, like that would have been the thing to do. You know, you come mm. out as a lady, you go yeah. to Spelman, you marry a guy that goes to Morehouse. Yep. That's what you're supposed okay. to do. That is not what I did. Yeah. <laughs> um Mostly because I was afraid of Spellman because I was afraid of going to a school with all women and the, now that like I'm like up front and open in my queerness I kind of wish I had gone to Spellman just so that I could have just like corrupted church girls that yeah. <laughs> missed opportunity because
2: Spellman is full of church girls yeah <laughs> it is yeah uh, but I I mean yeah I'm trying to think of of all the Spellman girls that that I knew they were church girls but uh-huh. they were um you know they didn't Throw it in your face or, oh, or yeah, anything no. like that. Like they were cool, like yeah. super cool about their about they their are. faith and about um and, and they're actually, uh, I again in my experience not that hypocritical uh-huh. kind of person where they actually you know sp- the thing they care most about is like service for people who are less fortunate oh, and yeah. like all those so things actual that christian, christian values yeah, yeah. <laughs> that christian i've never seen anyone do that so. oh yeah that's 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 a thing oh like yeah. charitable
3: stuff oh yeah. it's yeah. almost as if jesus was all about
2: that too hmm yeah I yeah mean, like didn't didn't yeah. necessarily judge me at least to my face for for being a gay a gay woman uh-huh. and um yeah yeah
1: But, yeah, I think the tradition does have a lot to do with kind of, like, the way that people are. I mean, I think also, I mean, there are a lot of reasons why I date a lot of men. And, like, I was afraid. I thought that I was just copying my brother because my brother is, like, a trans pansexual. So just, like, as far as you can go into that direction. Yeah. And he was just kind of, like, he was, like, getting his septum. He was, like, piercing his own septum. And he was, like, being so super Mm -hmm. cool. And I was just, like, and he just felt like, you just want to be cool like I am. And I was just, like... I don't know if I am. I so I worried about that, but I also worried about um you know, this this whole like concept of like marrying a man and like starting a family and just this thing that had been like drilled into my head by mm-hmm. the church and my mother and mm-hmm. everyone that I knew. Every Disney movie and every yeah. <laughs> and every like when I graduated High School, like so many of my friends got married, like the first thing I did when I graduated high school was go to a wedding with two people who were like barely dating in high school. They just kind of ran into each other, and like i remember I remember their love story because I think it's the worst thing ever, okay so so he was he this guy was into my friend, and my friend was this white girl who was constantly trying to bring me to the church, constantly dragging me to church shit. Like, (laughs) um, and he like wanted to date her and she was like, no, you're not ready. You're not mature enough. I'm looking for some, a mature man that I can like marry into the face of God. Just like some really serious, like a what to remember shit. (laughs) And then like, And then, like he apparently like read some kind of like Christian book about manhood, and then he like approached her again, and she was so impressed by his faith that they just they did got he like together. ride in on a horse or something? I, like. He like, <laughs> and then he like proposed to her on a rooftop, and then they had their their stupid they had their stupid wedding that I showed up <laughs> at with an with an with an asexual guy who like my, the first asexual person I had ever met, and his like he expressed his asexuality by just like. Feeling contempt for everyone around mm-hmm. him. That- <laughs> so I brought him, and he was super bored, but I was like, he's pretty and he's white, and people are gonna think that we're dating, and I can go home and people leave me alone <laughs> and, not ask yeah. me, and not ask me who I'm with. That's yeah. the
3: objective of, of attending weddings generally <laughs> when you're like not fully out yet and just, or just don't wanna deal with it.
1: Yeah, so I, yeah, I basically brought a decoy. Yeah. He had a very pretty <laughs> face. He was a terrible person though, and I guess because, and he, and he had like no sex drive. He was just like, we could have sex uh, if you want and I was just like you sound so excited no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we go and this guy who like proposed to my friend and like swept her off her feet I guess he, <laughs> him and his groomsmen break out into like this like Christian rock concert in the middle of this yes. wedding and I wanted to die how
3: old were they was this out of high school this
1: was right out of high school we were all 18 are I'm, they still like, married yes oh. they I'm don't talk to me anymore though because I'm a bad Im- because 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 I'll get to that. So they have this, like, really obnoxious wedding. And, of course, there's, like, no alcohol or anything. And, of course, everybody's asking me who this white boy is. And I'm just, like, his name is Jude. I know nothing. I don't care. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And we – and, like, so they get married and whatever. And I'm still, like, trying to figure out my sexuality. I lose my virginity when I'm 19. So, like, Mm. around that time – And I told her about it, and she was very disappointed. Um, Uh. (laughs) And she – and I was, like, having – and I think – like, I don't remember what happened. I think I – like, maybe it was that, like, I – something, like, traumatic happened, like, on a date or something. And I was telling her about it, and (laughs) – she was just like, I just wish that you would just stop and that you would just like accept the Lord and like stop worrying about like sex so much and like get yourself together spiritually. And like, then her man, her husband, was just like, she's like crying every night for you and she's like praying for you. Oh, and you're oh. just like such a bad influence on her and you just never do anything that she like asks you to do. So like, I don't want you two to talk anymore.
3: And so he. These guys sound great. He.
1: Right? Wonderful. So we don't talk anymore. Right. <laughs> because, wow.
3: you know, traditional Christian man puts right. his foot down. Yeah. Mm. That is what that all, like that <laughs> that whole, even the word tradition just like smacks of things like that to me. It's just like, it is the word that is always used in the context of like, here's why we're not going to, it, it, like you said, it's like we're just not going to progress because this, well, we've always done it way, this way. Yeah. That's not, that's not just a rationale by, for anything. And just
2: by being other, you feel like you're throwing a wrench yeah. in everyone else's plan. Like I remember I went to a, uh, a bridal shower outside the perimeter of Atlanta. And it was the first time that I really felt like, Oh, I don't belong in the South. Like it was all women who had gotten their hair done before going, you know, to the bridal shower. And I, a lot
3: of Aquanet in that room. Oh Oh my God. God. The older ladies. Yeah, for sure.
2: You know, and I, I wore a dress so, so that I would fit in and I got there and I felt like these women, didn't know how to talk to me oh i've been there yeah they're just they look at it's, you like somebody let this animal out of the yeah. zoo <laughs> do this we is feed the, it yeah this does is it the eat cucumber friend. sandwiches
3: <laughs> right yeah that's kind of how, how i just felt looking too at
2: you and everything you say they're like oh yeah well good for you good for
3: oh my god i love <laughs> that i love good for you from like well this is that's that what right what you just described there is very much as I think more of the Midwestern kind of feel. Mm-hmm. It's closer to a Midwestern feel than than anything else because they'll say things. They're always like the, it's the politeness of the Midwest that I'm sure is very similar in the South. Like I know that you know yeah. people do put on a, a very polite facade mm-hmm. in the South, but in the Midwest it's like it doesn't have any of that Southern charm. It's just like this very milk toast <laughs> like. It's politeness, but it is so thinly veiled and you can just tell that they're terrified. I've never terrified. been to the Midwest. It's, I imagine it's probably very similar to the South as far as the general, I mean, I'm and I'm talking about like the post-Trump Midwest mm. because now I have a, you know, obviously that is, that's sort of mobilized a lot of people that didn't. That, you know, the people who were oppressed under Obama are are very...
1: (laughs) It's so much, like, I went to a school, like, I don't remember, when was Obama, like, was I in high school? I was in high school. And I remember, I went to a school, and I had, like, there were people that I interacted with every day that would wear, like, no-bama t-shirts. And I remember, like, not feeling the visceral anger that I would feel about it now. It was so, you just kind of, like, accept it. And I think that's also why I just, like... I didn't really pursue relationships with, like, women as actively as I could have because I just didn't really want to rock the boat. I was Mm -hmm. just like, I can keep all this stuff to myself. And... it always it always changes the dynamic like when you start talking about things. Like when I started talking about feminism, I lost a lot of friends. But I'd realized that I'd already been kind of developing it in my head for years, but it's like mm-hmm. when I started talking about it, that was the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. That's when the problem started. So like I don't know. Like my my brother was like a great conversation starter because like you kind of like you kind of had to talk about it because it was happening mm-hmm. like in front of your face. Like what are you yeah. supposed to do? And like it was it was interesting watching people try to scramble around to like make excuses for. It. It's kind of like why I never there are a lot of like debates especially like on the internet about like trans people and stuff and like I never needed any of those debates, I never really needed it because I saw it happen, and it seemed uh-huh. normal to me like sure. it, like it's something that I just like adjusted to, and it's also you realize that these things it's the thing that people in the South don't get is that these things don't have anything to do with you right like I I like I had to accept mostly because my brother did not listen to anything that I said. I'm like the one big sister that no one cares about. <laughs> I was just like a square. And nobody really cared. So he didn't really care, and I'd be like, "Oh no, I, I don't think that you should like do this drug or something." And he's just like, "Oh, just calm down. Read your book. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do this drug. I'm fine." <laughs> yeah. Like so, it was just like I was forced to watch something happen and accept it, and it kind of just taught me a lot about how so many of these problems that we have, especially like in the South, when like people get angry about things like. Like people being trans or people being gay or people or black people dating white people, which hap- which is a huge issue that I encountered in my in my white adventures with people is that, like, <laughs> you don't actually have to be in other people's business. Mm, it doesn't. Right. It doesn't. You do not have to be bent out of shape. Yeah. Yeah. About it. Like, it. It, it, it just comes off ridiculous I remember I was dating this uh, we lived right we lived near a military base it was a military base in Augusta yep. so I dated a lot of soldiers and sailors and like Air Force people and shit like that and I like dodged marriage dodged so many
2: like quick marriages like whew Yeah. They I was just gonna ready say, that's to that's impressive yeah because yeah. they get, they get <laughs> big bonuses for getting married right they, yeah, yeah, they are they get ready to
1: marry you they show up on the first date ready to marry you and you gotta dodge that shit yeah. Yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> you, you got to you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep your eyes on the prize. But yeah, I remember I was dating this sailor and he was white. Um, his dad was from Oklahoma, but his dad was like this like hippie from Oklahoma that was like everybody's racist and everybody's sexist, but this is all super chill. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of wish I had dated his dad. His dad was very cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like this guy, like, he dated me because you know i was i was a black person that seemed like approachable but i could tell that he didn't really like black people but um (laughs) that was an issue but Uh he wasn't super overt about it whereas like other people were super overt so there was this time we were at this we had been kayaking or some 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 shit that i only did because i was dating him and we show up (laughs) 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 into this lodge and we need to go to the bathroom and this white person, this white woman sees me in this lodge and doesn't see my boyfriend. My boyfriend's in the bathroom and she's just like, you can't be in here. And like, uh, Yeah. I mean, and she like tried to come up with an excuse but it was just like, she just didn't want me in there. She was just a white woman. She didn't want any black people in. I was a black woman in a bikini and I had natural hair and I was scary to her. So she was like, you can't be in here. You can't be in here. So she tries to kick me out and I'm just like, my boyfriend's in the bathroom. My boyfriend's in the bathroom. When he comes out of the bathroom, I will leave. I'm not leaving without my boyfriend because also he has the car and he pays for everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so practical necessities here, lady. <laughs> and so she, and so she gets, she gets really angry at me and she argues with me. And then my boyfriend comes out of the bathroom and she sees that he is like a tall, slender, military white man. In her entire persona change, she was just like, Oh, that's your boyfriend. That's great. Oh my God. Like, it's, I'm so glad that you wow. came. Come back anytime. Like, yeah, yeah, I
3: think that might be the one difference <laughs> between the Midwest and the South. Cause had this played out in like Nebraska and like Omaha, Nebraska, they would have, she wouldn't have said that to you, <laughs> but she definitely would have said it to somebody else. Or like, it, I just feel like maybe the, the, the bigotry in some way is probably a little bit less overt in the Midwest, but it absolutely still exists. And then not only would she say it to someone, but then if you called her out on that, she would... Like, these are people who are very, very afraid of being called a racist more so than they are about just addressing the actual topic of racism. Yeah. Like, try convincing someone in the Midwest that they do... Like, that the microaggressions that they commit are... The sum of the parts is worse than, like... Like they're the, they're the kind of people who think that just because they're not marching in like a Klan rally means yeah. that they're oh, just course. not racist. Like no, I'm not real Well, does, uh, yes, you are because you do little things and say little things that that are, and it's just like, I,
2: oh my god, there are oh, people yeah. in the Klan who who don't think they're racist. Oh yeah, That's definitely. True. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, they just what? think they're they're realistic. They think, that, <laughs> they're, like, they're think yeah, that they're
3: they think that they're like preserving some that. That term I yeah. love, white culture, as if yeah. there is white culture, but <laughs> not, there's no, <laughs> no
2: white culture. <laughs> One of the things that surprised me a lot when, when I moved to the South, because I, I moved there from Boston, which is not that diverse, right? Mm-hmm. So then I moved to the South. I'm like, this is going to be great because it's mm-hmm. way more diverse. And I didn't realize that it's segregation. Right. Uh, everything is self-segregation segregated. Oh yeah. Self-segregation. Yeah. Self-segregation other than the hipster bars really Mm -hmm. where everyone kind of got together and the queer uh, spaces. Yeah. It was this is a white place and this is a black place. And even in the office in in the offices there was so much racial tension. And even though. I would get along with all the black women in the office. It was like the black women went to lunch together. The white women went to lunch together. And it was a very awkward thing. But knowing the bullshit (laughs) in the South and how – Actually, scary and racist white people are, and and now they're hiding it less. So we're talking about hiding things in the South. It's becoming a little bit less hidden that this stuff never went away. There's a tradition of insane racism, uh, high levels of it, and – you know black people like know enough that they they don't want to mess with white people (laughs) they don't want to trust them i don't like white
3: people (laughs) yeah so it it leads to
2: a lot of and not having to deal with all those Mm -hmm. microaggressions leads to self-segregation that we don't see as much living Mm -hmm. in a city like like new york city yeah um but yeah that was a very interesting thing and then with um, with younger people now coming up that you would hope would be more progressive about things, mm-hmm. uh, I think it goes back to that that hiding it and that we're a place we're in right now where people aren't hiding it as much. but my my cousin goes to Clemson mm-hmm. University, which is in South Carolina, and she grew up very liberal and progressive, and you almost kind of forget. That because you kind of form your your liberal pockets and then you're on a college campus and people are more liberal, you think, in general. And then in one of her classes, she said they asked, you know, who leans more conservative and like over half the class raised their hands. Uh. And she was like, what?
0: Wait yeah. a minute. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought <laughs> yeah. we, were,
2: we were all like hanging out together and like uh. having fun and then uh. kind of realizing, oh, wait, I'm still in the South. It's still – trump country yeah well
1: yeah i mean the thing about like um i don't know if you've talked about it much on this podcast but um part of the reason why uh kind of like gay started to be accepted by in my opinion and in other people's opinion too gay started to be like accepted by even like you know how some people are like they're okay with gay people but they're still racist Mm-hmm. Um a lot oh, yeah. of, a lot of that comes from the idea um a lot of a lot of black and um black trans and queer folks feel that part of how like gay marriage was passed and kind of like how LGBTQ kind of like became uh kind of like a, a mainstream thing to be into like so conservative people will be like I love the gays is because they kind of created this like campaign in my opinion that's kind of like a They kind of like whitened it a little bit. Like, I feel like the, the, they made the message of gay and trans and queer like very white. And it was just like, yeah. (laughs) So it was just like, uh, oh, it's still like, oh, everybody's still white though. Like, okay, so we can deal with like this change, but everyone's still white. So it's not too much of a change. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, I was feeling that a lot in the South. Like, when I was, um, there were, like, the last three... I left Georgia in 2014. But the last three years that I was there, we had pride. Like, our pride is, like, brand new. Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I knew people that were on the planning committee. Like, it was, like, a new thing. And, like, everybody was down with the pride. Like, there were a few... Like, the first year, there were a lot of protesters. By the last year that I was at pride, there were, like, three, and then they got bored. And they mm-hmm. left. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, people don't really fuck with that anymore there and i mean people are still of course homophobic but like people aren't like widely being like it's not it's not kind of been defeated it's not as easy to do it it's not like really popular to do what is really popular though still is being racist that's super that's still real popping and also they
2: um (laughs) because they found a way to be super racist with while still being able to say, well, I'm not racist. Right. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of it has survived is not, um, not being honest with themselves about what is actual racism and that right. it's not exclusive to use of the N-word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: well, I, I noticed that a lot because I, I kind of, like, I referred to, like, my time leaving Georgia as kind of like a huge burning of bridges. Like, I lost a lot of my friends. I got estranged from my family. A lot of bad stuff happened. And it really just, I broke up with that sailor Um Mm-hmm. <laughs> i i got i got sexually assaulted, which not to bum anybody out, but it happened mm-hmm. um i got into graduate school and i got pissed off like I just mm-hmm. got really really angry the last like six months I got really really mad and I started talking about everything that had happened to me like openly which also really upset people cause you know you can't really talk about sex so me just being like I was raped and I'm gonna talk about it nobody mm-hmm. wanted to hear about it yeah. um, nobody wanted kind of like how nobody wanted to hear that like you know like my, my brother is also going through struggles as a trans man living in Atlanta nobody wanted to hear about that mm-hmm. nobody yep. wanted to be helpful with that nobody cared like and I was just like no I'm just that would be polite Jordane (laughs) and I'm just (laughs) and I just got really angry and I started talking about racism and sexism and homophobia and like feminism and like everyone like came out in droves, mostly on Facebook to attack me. And it was so weird because because, you're ruining
2: the bridal shower. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) And these are people that I would run into in real life and they would never have like any of the, like any of the balls to say anything Mm -hmm. that they were saying to me on Facebook in real life. And they were just constantly just like, you're just like, they all just kind of felt like, Oh, she's going to New York. So she's just burning all of her bridges. No, I was burning all of my bridges because I was moving to New York and everyone was being a dick Yeah, and I was fucking tired of it. Yeah. So, but it, like, became this whole, like, thing um, where it's—and all the people that I thought were, like, nice liberal white people that I, had like, listened to records with and, like, smoked cigarettes with were, like, being huge assholes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And that's just the kind of thing. It's kind of like— a lot of white people, especially in the South, they feel like, "Oh, I break bread with a black person. It's fine. I hang out with a if a gay person you know i mm-hmm. you know I'm cordial to Jody's trans brother like i'm I'm good yeah, and then but then, when you start talking about ideology and when you start to like call out bigotry, everybody's angry that you're just talking about it right.
2: Like they don't want to, <laughs> and I, I feel like what what you're talking about is almost like the more progressive South, right? Like, like people pretending to to tolerate, like that's that's more like they're, modern they're- modern day South. And there's still like deliverance
1: yeah I'm oh sad. yeah well i I you know when you're when you're black in the South, you know which places to avoid, I know mm-hmm. which places not to go to and what people not to talk to and mostly, <laughs> the only time that I interact with racist white people in the South in my like i mean I couldn't avoid it in school, of course, mm-hmm. but like in my life life like it was like white men at the bar who clearly wanted to have sex with me, and I would not let them do that, but I would let them buy me drinks. Yeah, yeah. like that's a very, it's a very interesting demographic of like white men who like really want to sleep with a black woman, but also really hate black people. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and don't oh, yeah. want to acknowledge
3: that systemic oppression is still a thing. And yeah,
1: yeah, like that's that's when I really like. That I find that that's, like, the most, like, fascinating demographic for figuring out where people's minds are at. And mm-hmm. I used to be way more of a troll than I am now. So I would just <laughs> be like – I'd just be like – I'd just sit down and be like, oh, oh, so, okay. So yeah. you – So you think that like segregation is good? Good, explain that concept. Yeah,
3: go on. And also, I need another drink, so get one of those and then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I and I run into so many of these people like that with sexuality because you know I'm not just like I'm a pansexual black woman, so I'm a sexually I'm sexually open black woman. I'm Mm -hmm. also into BDSM. I find that like whenever I try to get into like any kind of like sexual circles, like really like uh you know sexual openness and like experimentation, I would find people that were more open with talking about how racist they are because they just assume that that's a kink that I have. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Um. This is a weird. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> this is a yeah. A, a good example. Um. I I have a FetLife account. I don't, I don't uh-huh. use it that much anymore. But I'm like, uh, so I go in and I say like I'm pansexual and I'm also into BDSM and like I'm into all this stuff and it's like cool whatever. Um. I one time had a. <laughs> I had a couple, um, a white couple who like both they both wanted to like sleep with me or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they but they also like <laughs> they also like had this weird fetish where they like wanted me to like dress like like a house slave. What? And they just very openly like laid this out for me. <laughs> so like gone with the wind. Yes. Really? Fetish. Yes.
3: Ooh. That's an interesting topic. I'm sure that is extremely <laughs> multifaceted in the like racism in the kink community or like bizarre, maybe not like the ways in which
2: Thinking they're Race, pr- progressive because they're into fetish stuff, yeah. but then yeah. oh, being like, yeah. and just like, and just oh like,
1: pre- and just like presenting it like it's just a like normal a no- thing, yeah. and like, not oh, apologizing
2: for anything. Yeah, man, it's uh, uh, it's a thing. It's like well, it's guys. like the- <laughs> I, uh, one of my Korean friends was dating this white guy, and for Halloween, he wanted to be a U.S. soldier and wanted her to be this, like, Vietnamese. Oh, no. Yeah. And she's like, (laughs) no. Like that's actually nah, the worst gonna- <laughs> idea ever, yeah. And yikes, you know, I'm sure he he fancied himself a real progressive. Oh, of
3: course, it's the it's always the progressive guys. Brooklyn
2: hipster Absolutely. guy who went to a Ivy League school. You know, of yeah. course, yeah, yeah. And uh, those
3: are the ones you really have to watch out for. When no one's going to change the minds of like the Trump base, but the people who claim to be progressive yet still perpetuate these this these really poorly veiled like kind of racist ideology or at least ideas that are rooted in racism that they they they're so not self-aware that they can't figure out that they're not they're not part of the solution they're actively a part of the problem yeah by not talking about systemic you know issues and and not actively being on anyone's side other than their, themselves. At the end of the day, they're just like smelling their own farts about Bernie Sanders, and it drives me crazy <laughs> because those are those are the ones that are supposed to be on you know on the right side, and they're not. And yeah. it's like, how do you? These are the minds that we have to change, not the pe- not the people who are long gone. Like it, no one, no one's going to flip a Trump supporter at this point. But I think that within the liberal progressive community, that's where you find probably i imagine a lot of microaggressions about you know regarding race a lot about sexuality and everything these, these these guys are the problem and i think that i think a solution is possible but i don't know it's always interesting to see that people the who claim to be, the ones who the ones who specifically say and talk about how liberal and progressive they are are always the ones who do stupid shit and
1: well, yeah, I mean, the weird thing about, like, I mean, to, like, shift that to kind of, like, the queer community, a lot of stuff that, like, I got really into in terms of, like, finding my queer identity, like, right, like, right girl culture that I got really into mm-hmm. and, like, stuff like that, I just, it always felt like, it almost felt like, <laughs> this is going to sound really, like, silly, but, like, it almost felt like 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 queer identity was, like, a white girl thing and it was kind of hard for me Mm-hmm. Like, until I moved to New York to kind of find a place for, like, me. That makes sense. Because it was just, like, a, a lot of that, I wish there was a way to, like, kind of, like, bridge that in terms of, like, because I think a lot of black people, especially, like, black women, just kind of think of, like, gay stuff as, like, like white people stuff yeah. for some reason. Like, a lot of stuff gets codified as white people stuff. And I think maybe a lot of it's just, like, kind of like a representation issue where it's, like, if you don't yeah. see it, how can you know that it's... Well, do you You. think,
3: um, what do you think as far as like media representation, like characters on TV shows or anything that's got to be part of it too, I assume, because I feel like most of our queer characters are usually white people and a lot of like TV, like you mentioned Will and Grace earlier, TV from the late nineties that was like, you know, Oh look, gay characters, but they are always like good looking cisgender white men. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's part of the, obviously that's changing a little bit now, but not very quickly (laughs) and not enough.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I also, yeah, it, it, um, I mean, when I'm, even, like, when I'm trying to think about, like, queer characters that are, like, of color or, like, black queer women, it's, like, I, like, draw, like, pretty much a a blank. Like, I see, I see Pariah, like, Mm -hmm. very clearly, um, of course, um, and I see, um, I don't know if you listen to Sid, Mm -hmm. um, but Sid is, like, a queer woman who's, like, a musical artist that's, like, really talented, um and like I like but like I can I can make a short list yeah you mm-hmm. know you can
3: like count on one hand the characters yeah
1: right yeah like Lena
3: Waithe In Master of None is the oh, first one that comes right. to mind yeah
1: and of course like and like the, the L thir- word had a little bit and like yeah. my thirst is so real for Lena Waithe because I'm just like <laughs> hello
3: <laughs> like I think everyone's is. where have you been yeah, all of my she's life? amazing yeah
1: uh, but yeah like um and uh God uh girl girl Samir Wiley yeah
2: yeah yeah um, yeah. Um, yeah, orange and orange, orange is, is who New I, who I did, met in real life. For. She glistens. She, yeah, she, Yeah, she's, I bet. She,
3: she, like I bet she's, she's just like so beautiful. She's really beautiful.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's just like not a whole like lot, and even like in like the queer communities, like in in Augusta that I knew, like everybody I knew was trying to like every, like, queer person of color that I knew was trying to get with, like, a white person. It was kind of, like, the ideal. Like, especially, like, the queer white girl with kind of, like, the, with, like, cute cut and, like, Mm -hmm. it's, like, that's what you're checking for. That's That's what everybody's kind of running for. And I think it's just because a lot of our, like... A lot of, like, in our awakening, like, our queer representation, like, we are all into, like, the Ellen Pages and shit. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what we had. So, of course, we're going to want Ellen Page. We're going to be looking for Ellen Page everywhere. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I really haven't thought about it too much, but I'm trying to think of any couples I know that are two black women Mm -hmm. or two black men, and I don't. Yeah, uh, they're it, all interracial except for uh Whitney Houston and Robin, but right. that was secret. That was a secret relationship. Yeah, I mean yeah.
1: I, that's actually a thing. There's a thing on the that's a, there's a thing on the internet with like um um queer black women's circles where I see I see the posts circulate, i see the tweets circulate sometimes and I feel this guilty. It's like Why is it that all of our queer black women aren't dating each other, but we're always dating these white people? And then I feel just like this, like, just kind of like cover my face a little bit. Because like, I feel like attacked. I feel Mm -hmm. attacked because it's true. (laughs) 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 And and nobody really knows. I think it's just because we're, maybe we're all just like so afraid of each other. in a way like we're just like oh no like we've all gone through this pain and when we see each other we see also that pain and I personally think that we should all really get past it Mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion but like I think and I've noticed that some like queer black people will say that like yeah I just don't want to be with anyone that has all the same baggage and has dealt with all the same microaggressions as me I just want to have a good time and that's like such an interesting like on like a visceral level you just want to have a good time but Mm -hmm. on another level it's like we got to get over this at some point Mm -hmm. but i don't know like how to get the tools for us to just get over this
2: this isn't a real theory of mine but i wonder if part of it is that growing up you are conditioned or expected to be heterosexual and be with a man and that's with means being with someone who's very different than you Mm -hmm. so i wonder if Yeah. Like how heteronormativity
3: plays into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: That that being with somebody of a a different race is almost like, oh well, this you know, for me it might not be a a man or if you're a gay man, it might not be a woman, but it is somebody who has a different background than me. Yeah.
3: I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean I definitely I mean there's yeah, I mean I mean my I mean I had kind of like that issue with like with like like sometimes dating black men like I always get asked why I haven't really. I mean, I have. I almost married one, okay, and he's mm-hmm. the one that fucked it up. So I mean, that's what that's what that's what I say now. I yeah. say like I have it. <laughs> I like I wrote it on my card. I almost married a black man. He's the one that backed out of it. You can blame him for everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're we're it's not on you. We're best friends, so he knows that I make this joke. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's always like the thing. And I also just think that's like this, like I. Like, with women, it's completely different because nobody ever, like, told me, you need to be with another black woman. Well, not until, like, recently. Like, that's Mm -hmm. only a recent thing that people started telling me. When I grew up, I was always told that I should be with a black man. So, of course, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And, like, whenever I was, um, there was always just this all this, like, societal, like, expectation about, like, what a black woman was supposed to be to a black man. And I just didn't want it. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do it. It felt like... I don't know cuz it's it it just felt like there's you know when we we talk about patriarchy and most mm-hmm. of the time when we talk about patriarchy we're talking about like white men but also like black men are part of the patriarchy too yeah. and like there are just things that like I'm expected that that I'm that I'm expected to do that I just didn't want to do and every single time I went out with like there was <laughs> I'm talking shit right now. That's uh but like That's what no like no I would go like I would go like specifically like go on dates with like black men and they were always so arrogant and they always thought that I was they were smarter than me and then I would go out with just like a white man who's just kind of just like Nervous to be there, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, and yeah. I was just like, just like nervous that he's gonna say the wrong thing. Nervous that he's gonna be racist. So I was just like, this nervousness is something that I can work with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you not You need that yeah. white
2: guilt to counter yeah. the confidence <laughs> of a man. Yeah. yeah, I really like. anything yeah. that cuts down
3: their confidence is, And is...
2: then also sometimes you just need that white guy to not get you kicked out of a lodge. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Like ultimately, that's, that's, that's all they're that. good
3: for. <laughs> Just help well, me not get kicked out of this place and buy my drinks.
1: <laughs> I, I I always tell people this. I date the people who do not interrupt me all the time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go. And they just happen to be white men a lot of the time. They are afraid to interrupt me. Yeah, white men out in the wild, like on Twitter, interrupt me all the time. But like, I go <laughs> home to my white man. He doesn't interrupt
3: me. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's great. a keeper I love it that's great I love it so
1: much slander I'm so it's fine
3: that's what we're all about here
1: <laughs> all about all about the slander and yeah. oh yeah I totally slandered my mom I am waiting <laughs> <laughs> She's never gonna listen to this. She doesn't. Please even- <laughs>
3: update us if if you find out that if she, she does, does listen to this. It's yeah. have to know so how that crazy,
1: ends. like oh my god. So I will I will give you some insight. I'm from, I'm from Augusta, Georgia. Right, that's where James Brown is from. James Brown has some daughters. He has the famous one who like like basically like went to the media and was just like he's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he has another one. Who is queer? Okay. <laughs> um, and who was very good friends with my mom. <laughs> oh wow! Uh,
3: this is great. <laughs> I think we web. know who our next guest is going to be on the podcast. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm am just saying she was around the house a lot. She plays the piano really beautifully.
2: All right, like, really
1: talented woman. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that is really cool. <laughs> That's a really
2: cool friend of yours. Yeah, yeah. Nobody nobody talks about her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I now we know. I didn't know about her. Uh, <laughs> so we are winding down on time here. Yeah. Uh, which means it's time for our random question of the week. And I want to know who's the celebrity crush that you're most embarrassed about?
3: Uh, uh, I have so many.
2: Mm. Minus Paris Hilton.
3: <laughs> really? Oh, God. That right? is embarrassing.
2: <laughs> Isn't <it> embarrassing? <laughs> that embarrassing? Yeah. You know, I, used to, I forgot when it happened, but there was oh, one time man. where I. Was looking at Paris Hilton, I'm like, I feel very attracted to her, and I hate myself for yeah. <laughs> it. I don't know. There's, um, a s- I mean, now mine is Kate Winslet only because she made
3: those stupid comments uh, about Woody Har- or Woody Har- I always confuse Woody Harrelson and Woody Allen. Those are very two different very people. different people. Very different people. Um, yeah. So I think I'm kind of embarrassed that I have a raging crush on Kate Winslet because she sucks, but. Yeah. She said sucky things. I don't know. I don't know if she's walked back on that yet or if she's done her like white lady apology about that yet. No, <laughs> she hasn't.
2: She's she's sticking with that. But, you know, that's not like she that's always started out as being ter- whereas Paris Hilton became famous for, for being, being terrible, terrible yeah. and I was still like And she kind of kicked like off that shot.
3: genre of like us as viewers loving to watch just terrible rich people. Like I think I know she was I recently in the news thought... of claiming that she kind of invented this reality TV genre, and I kind of like was on her side a little bit. I was like, "You kind of did." Like that was wasn't she? A... I her loved show was t- kind of the, the first life. one.
2: Yeah, it it was one of the first ones. I love the simple life, and but it it was weird though because I always thought that Nicole Richie was kind of the evil genius and was playing into it, mm-hmm. and she knew what she was doing, and then. Paris Hilton was just this Ugh, oblivious. Just the worst socialite and just unapologetic rich bitch. Yeah. Uh one she's girl. your crush.
3: Amazing. You know, like 2002 know. Paris Hilton, I could see that. Or 2003. She was like kinda hot, I guess, but but a, a ter- in a terrible like
2: I also cloying way. Don't think that the song uh <laughs> Her her song that her she came single. out, with, yeah, the stars are blind or whatever. Oh yeah, uh, I kind of liked it. Kind of liked it.
3: <laughs> well, that is thoroughly embarrassing. really bad. Yeah, yeah. I
2: had a. It was because I recently came across a picture of her, and I was like, oh, I remember when I used to kind of have a crush on Paris. That's Hilton. great.
3: Did that inspire this question for the week? It did. Great. It did. Uh, who's your Who's your embarrassing celebrity um, crush?
2: I don't. Wow. I
1: I've been since you asked the question. I've been like, is there anyone that I'm embarrassed to say that I would fuck? I'm usually pretty open about who I would fuck. Um. Would you fuck Justin Bieber? Never. <laughs> never. That is uh, that is one of the white devils. Taylor
3: Swift is the other yes, one. Yes, indeed. Uh, just ugh. um. Do you have a crush on Taylor Swift? No. Okay. I find her to be all elbows. <laughs> <laughs> she's,
1: just, it's like, she, she, she's a very angular. Uh, she's so
0: like pointy. She's got a lot of hard edges. Yeah. Yeah. She's very I, squirrely. <laughs> she's very squirrely. I yeah. will say, okay,
1: Um, I maybe, like, if I got really high, I probably would fuck Lana Del Rey.
3: Okay. That is, that's a solid, like thing that you wouldn't say. You'd
2: get you know, up on those baloney no, lips. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not yeah, I'm
1: not constantly telling people how right. I adore Lana Del Rey But yeah, but sure this is a safe
3: room and that's what you
2: know
1: yeah. you can say that. Yeah. That's I like, cool. I, like her. I, feel I like like her she and
3: Paris Hilton kind of fall in the, at a very similar category of like Southern California vibes that were cool several years ago. I don't know. <laughs> It's very like it's all reminding know. me of like the OC yeah. I'm, like getting a lot of that.
2: I don't even see Lana Del Rey as a real person, and I know that's <laughs> yeah. pretty terrible. But I'm sort she's of more of like a, she's a robot. She's an entity. She's yeah. kind of.
1: She's 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 a mythical creature. She, she is. really yeah.
3: is.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I'm not I sure anyone's like she, ever
3: actually met her. No, confirm think, that she's real.
1: I
2: feel like she only exists in this commercial context. Yeah, and that other other than that, she's like this. It's like this identity that she puts on for to to sell records yeah. and then the rest of the time she's like a totally different person whose real name is Shirley or something. Yeah. I don't her know. Her name
1: is like – her name is Lizzie.
2: Lizzie. Oh, it is? Okay. Yes, yeah.
1: that's her name. She used to do music under like Lizzie and then she changed it to Lana Del Rey. Just and Lizzie. Like, just just, yeah, <laughs> she's just a girl named Lizzie. The and I heard that she shining. was like I heard that she was like <laughs> I heard that she was beefing with um Lady Gaga, which is funny because it's like Lizzie, Lizzie and what's Lady Gaga's Stephanie? Stephanie. S- Stephanie yeah. <laughs> Lizzie and Stephanie are in a fight. Like <laughs> that just
3: sounds t- like high school, like it's
1: so cute. Something that would have
3: been said yeah. in a teacher's lounge, like, oh the kids are all riled up they today. Face Lizzie off and Stephanie in front of are the fighting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Lizzie and Stephanie are fighting <laughs> over Jeff. Jeff is always in the equation.
1: It's always a Jeff. Always. I say, I mentioned Jeff earlier because like this, um, this bi woman that, she's a good friend of mine and I love her and her and Jeff are a great couple, but also Uh. I had a crush on her before she married Jeff.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Jeff is like a A noise. It's not a name. Jeff. (laughs) It's just like the, that's the name that always comes to my head is when I, when I think about like. Just kind of like
2: doo doo like normal, like I don't average in every way straight guys. I've never Jeff. met a gay guy named Jeff? I'm trying to think. No, I've I never have. met
3: one. I never. Neither have I, actually. I've met an extremely repressed, repressed closeted, conservative gay man named Jeff, who I hope <laughs> is still not in the closet. Oh, never mind. I, I have a good friend named Jeff years. who's
2: gay. I just totally yeah. like, forgot about him. Okay, one gay Jeff. Anyway, one gay Jeff. one
3: gay uh, Jeff. And that's the title of this episode. <laughs> one yeah, gay Jeff. One
2: gay Jeff and <laughs> yeah. sexuality. And so I yeah. should have prepared like a Carrie-style monologue just to wrap up.
3: <laughs> Meanwhile, across town.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, so, Jordan, where can people find you on social media?
1: Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, I'll spell it for you, at J-O-U-R-D-A-Y-E-N.
2: Uh, yep. All right. Great. <laughs> nice. And then you perform regularly at QED? Yeah,
1: I do Madams of the
2: Universe every second Sunday
1: in Astoria, Queens. And I do the Bad Romance podcast every week. And you can check that out. Um, and I'm all over the place. I'm an, I'm on Instagram also with my same name as my Twitter name, and I have a Patreon.
2: So oh, uh, cool. I'm,
1: I'm I'm there too. I'm everywhere. All right. Yeah. Great. If you have
2: some uh, extra money from the holidays mm-hmm. and you're looking to support the arts and cool feminist media, yep, uh, check that out and. As always, you can follow us at Diking Out on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can email us with questions, comments, secrets at uh, dykingout at gmail.com. And thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week. And we hope to dike out with you soon. Yay! Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.